But that financial piece is oddly important to figuring out what you're going to be next. Every business is unique. But the ups and downs we experience as we launch and run our businesses are pretty similar. We're Harmon Brothers, the team behind Pooping Unicorns and other weird but successful video ads you've probably seen. We help businesses grow through unforgettable video marketing, and we're no stranger to tricky situations. In fact, we embrace them. The goal of this podcast is to show how your crappy circumstances could be the golden opportunity that leads to your next success. You're listening to Poop to Gold. Welcome back to From Poop to Gold. I'm Benton Crane, your co-host and the CEO of Harmon Brothers. Today I have on the show with me, Emily Lassiter. Welcome to the show, Emily. Thank you for having me. Now, Emily is the founder of Wealth Edit, and she's the mother of two, and she was widowed at a very young age, and she is also a PRIM, P-R-I-M, you'll have to tell me what that acronym stands for, and an attorney. I've never been introduced as a PRIM before. That'll be fun. What does that mean? So um, with the Wealth Edit, which started just a year ago, it's an online community for women to come together to talk all things wealth. But one of the main premises of the Wealth Edit is that not all women are equal in the way they relate to their finances. So oftentimes women feel uncomfortable when they enter into a relationship with an advisor or really any type of financial institution, because historically financial institutions were built by men for men. And now, um, you know, times are changing. Women are engaging. They are oftentimes head of household financially and statistically 95% of women will be head of their household financially at some point in their lives. So now many financial institutions are moving towards trying to figure out how to engage women in this process and especially advisors. And um, so Lauren Pierce and I, who um, founded the wealth that it was me, we wanted to figure out what it was that the financial industry was not doing to engage women. Like why were women not engaging? And what we found was that they were lumping all women together, almost like they were a niche, but really women are 50% of the population. We're no longer a niche or if we ever were. And so We wanted to provide an opportunity for women to figure out what path they were on. And so we figured out that there were different glide paths that women typically took. PRIM, for instance, stands for pivoting, resilient, intuitive, and motivating. And so here we have, you know, for me, I'm a single mom. Um, I've had a major life event where I've had to pivot uh, with what I thought my life was going to look like to something new. I've had to be resilient. And so as a result, I'm dealing with financial issues that coincide with that path of my life. Lauren and I, we use this example all the time, but we we oftentimes dress alike <laughs> unintentionally. Our children go to the same school. We have many of the same friends, but our financial paths and what's happening behind the scenes are very different and we need different content. And so that's the idea behind the glad paths with the wealth that it is that we're trying to engage women to see that, wow, there's a lot of different paths you can take here and then help them understand how we can walk through each of those steps. What are the tools they need to do it successfully? 
And and how does each unique woman find her own path or, or her own version of Prim? So if you go to wealthedit.com and check it out, it is pretty predominantly there. Take the quiz. And that seems to be, I mean, a lot of women, we all love to take quizzes and figure out what our personality types are. So it's the same thing. It takes under three minutes and you'll immediately know which path you're on. And then once you join the Wealth Edit, the content is designed. There's definitely content that applies across the board to all members, but there's also specific content paths for your specific glad path. Got it. So it's similar to a personality test in, in that it's helping identify the uniqueness to your situation. But in this case, it's not about your personality. It's about your financial journey or your financial needs. Is that accurate? Yeah, that's accurate. Can you, so, so you kind of painted the picture of, of Prim. Can you give us a couple of other examples just so that we can wrap our heads around how one so path have, can be unique versus another? Yeah. So we have the Heidi's, which are the entrepreneurs. And, you know, for instance, me, I'm, I'm a prim, but I've been a widow now for seven years. And so I've sort of tackled a lot of the issues that I have in front of me. And I've pivoted and changed careers from practicing law to moving into the financial world. Now becoming an entrepreneur with building the wealth edit is there's an opportunity for me to shift over into the content of the Heidi because I almost identify more now with that. So that's interesting to watch how that kind of ebbs and flows as you move through different seasons of your life. There's a Polly who is very philanthropic. We have the Sarahs that are oftentimes, they're very athletic, love to be outdoors, don't want to have to think through all this financial kind of stuff. And it's interesting, we've recently felt like we discovered a new glad path just from talking to our members. And we also do wealth management. We say we run a small private wealth management group during the day in the wealth edit at night. But by working with our clients, we start uncovering new glad paths. So is the wealth edit designed to meet a woman at whatever stage she's at in her uh, financial journey, whereas the wealth management side of your business, I would imagine that's probably tailored to your higher net worth women who need additional services and additional help in managing that wealth. Is that accurate? That's accurate. And, you know, so Lauren has been in the financial industry for 15 years and I've practiced law for 15 years and now have been in the financial industry for three years. And when I entered the industry, everybody kept asking me if I had met Lauren. They just like, y'all have a very similar passion for trying to get women to engage in their finances and helping them see like how transformative that can be. And um, what's interesting is the, the thing that connected Lauren and I the most was that both of us were talking to women all the time who needed help and guidance with their finances and understanding like how all the pieces of the puzzle fit together. And, but oftentimes because the shop that we run here is very small, we serve under a hundred families and our niche is pretty specific to people that need pretty like detailed planning or need a lot of handholding and handholding that is not a derogatory term, but like, for instance, if you lost your husband and you really need somebody to walk you step by step by step through all that it takes to get that settled. And so we would have women come to us and talk to us and share with us what they were worried about and how they were working through it. But they were not a good fit for us as a client. And so oftentimes we might refer them out to another advisor that worked with a lot of entry level 
clients, or we would just say, Hey, look, you know, you have $20,000. You need to go to Elvest. Like Sally Krawcheck is amazing. You should check her out and invest. And we would follow up a few months later and almost no one would have taken that step to actually take their dollars and invest it. And what we realized is that was really where the deep blue ocean was. That moment of saying like, I need help. I'm now going to invest this money on my own. I'm going to take ownership of this. There was such a lack of confidence and knowledge in that that specific gap, that that's what the wealth that it is designed to meet women, no matter where they are, anywhere from that point of saying, I really actually need some help, whether they're building a new business and they realize they really don't know anything about accounting or how, why they need a bookkeeper to somebody who has lost their husband and really needs to change their entire lives, but doesn't know how. It, it's designed to really meet women in whatever phase. How much do you go into the psychology and the emotions behind financial decisions? It's funny. It's so hard to separate the two of them. And with women, especially it is, you know, we always say like being good with money is about so much more than having a lot of money. It's about being at peace with where you are and what you have and that confidence of knowing that you're going to be okay. When I figured out that I had a firm grasp on where I was financially, whether or not that was like good news or bad news, when I got there and I thought, okay, this is a good part of where I am. This is a hard part of where I am, but either way, I understand where I am and now I need to move forward. The way that I moved forward was was like with such confidence and it improved the way I negotiated for my next salary. It improved the way I made decisions for my family, which I firmly believe that my children knew and picked up on really quickly. And then all the choices that I was having to make about what was I going to stay in my house? Was I not? All these decisions were made with like a piece um, that I would not have had, had I not really had a, a good understanding of where I was. And so all of that though is emotional, just as much as it is practical financial mm -hmm. advice. And so everything that we do is really tied in together. And so we usually present it in both ways. In fact, we always like have a series of courses that we call like hard knowledge series. That's breaking down what a 401k is and the difference between an IRA and a Roth IRA. And then we'll also have like how to balance, you know, working and being a mom. Like, you know, usually we have simultaneous courses that we say like a hard course and a soft course. Tell us about your journey. How did you end up here? So I always say I entered the financial industry through like the back door, maybe into the basement and had to come upstairs um, because it was, if you had even asked me five years ago, if I would be doing this, I would have laughed. Got married when I was really young. I was 23. We actually got married while we were in law school together. We graduated from law school, went to work at the same firm. It was just kind of a strange thing, but, but we did and loved it. And um, then I had children and and stayed at home for a little bit and then went back to work at a different firm, but just for reasons that it was just an easier lifestyle. But I've remained working um, all the way through 2014 when my husband died in a plane crash. And he was an attorney as well, but um, flew as a hobby and was flying to meet some clients in Texas and had a um, 
hits of bad weather. And so it was just one of those events, you know, it was everything's fine one minute and then the next it's not. And, you know, then that just started like a whole new journey for me. Um, And one that is interesting because as hard as it has been to move forward, if I'm to step back today and like look at my life and where I am now, there's so many things that I see that I've done that I'm proud of and that I really enjoy and love and think to myself, like, would I have done these things if it hadn't been for that? Um, you know, and so then it turns to, I want to tell as many women as I can, like what life and like joy it has brought me to push myself outside of that comfort zone and to continue to move forward professionally. If you're feeling moved to do so, because even though you can't have it all, there is been a new life infused in me by like pursuing some of these dreams and these goals. And like, you know, sometimes really being like, well, that was a horrible decision. I don't want to do that again to sometimes being like, this is like, I don't think I've ever had this much fun ever, you know? And so it's interesting as I go through this journey, the wealth that it is just been a fantastic platform for me to share that as well. And to help women understand that, you know, there is life after pain um, and like having your worst nightmare happen is horrible. And please don't get me wrong. I'm seven years out. So this is not me, you know, right after for Mm. probably for the first three years after I was very much a shell of myself, but now it's, you know, I'm settling into a new identity and really enjoying it. And so I just want to spread the word. If I could, would you mind sharing uh, as you went through that, uh, you know, horrible tragedy? I'm sure that, you know, finances were the last thing on your mind for, you know, for a long time, having gone through something like that, where you lose somebody so close to you. But at some point along the recovery journey, I imagine there was this time where you kind of took ownership of all the financial responsibilities for you and for your for your family. Can you talk us through a, a few of the emotions that, that, that you experienced as you kind of went from, you know, you're in a joint partnership financially and now it all rests on your shoulders? What, what does that feel like? I love that question because this is really where I think it's important for women to hear this. You like to think that you really like finances is the last thing on your mind when something like that happens, but that's actually not true. It's really high up there at the top (laughs) because you are immediately thrust into a position where you know you're the provider for your children, or at least in my situation I was. And I think this happens a lot, even with women that are going through a divorce or whatever it is, because as emotional as it is, there's still that practical side that's saying, you know, we need to survive and we need to take care of those that we've been entrusted with. And so it was very much at the forefront of my mind. And thankfully um, we had life insurance. So that was nice because so it wasn't like this immediate threat of not being able to pay my bills. But my dad is a financial advisor um, and he really immediately stepped in and helped me through a lot of the paperwork. I mean, losing a spouse is very tedious to work through all the details that need to be worked through and everything from like changing all your bank accounts and figuring out all that to 
getting new insurance to now you need to get new life insurance. You need to get a new will. I mean, there's just so many steps and then unraveling everything. Um, and so it was, it was, it's time consuming and it's hard. And so thankfully I had my dad who was kind of standing there with me the whole time. And he would just give me little pieces of things I needed to do. And so he might say, I'm going to need you for 30 minutes tomorrow. What time of the day is best for you? And he, I mean, so it was really gentle, but he made sure that I continued to move forward. And then over time, he began giving me projects to do on my own. I need you to call these people and I need you to ask them this, this, and this, and then get back with me and we'll talk through what you need to do next. And what I realized over time, maybe about two years in, was that he had kind of systematically taught me how to do everything without me ever really even realizing it. So it was just a gentle, like, let's do this now, let's do this. And then I think what was probably the most important conversation we ever had was about, he um, said, hey, we, we need to sit down and have a meeting. And so so we sat down and he went through how much I had spent over the course of the last year. So he explained, I was tracking your expenses. I wanted to see how much now you and the girls would typically spend in a year. And I've come up with the fact that you will need to go back to work, which we kind of knew that was going to be the situation, but you will need to go back to work and you're going to need to make $80,000 a year. And a lot of women, like when I tell that story, are like, oh, and I said, you know, it was so interesting at that point. I was like, that's okay. I mean, I'm an attorney. I know I can make $80,000 a year, but like that kind of gave me a clue as to like what I was going to do next. I know that sounds like a weird thing to say, but the way my mind worked was at this point, you're just like, you've kind of lost your identity because you've, you're no longer part of a couple and you're kind of searching for like, who am I next? But that financial piece is oddly important to figuring out what you're going to be next. So for me, I thought, okay, so I'm going to be in the professional world. I know that, um, or I can't think of anything else at this point that would allow me to make $80,000 a year. And so, you know, I began searching for my next step using that as sort of like just some guardrails, some parameters of what I was looking for. And what I found was when I began interviewing with different jobs, you know, there's always that sort of awkward question of like, well, what do you need to make? And I'd be like $80,000. My dad told me I had like (laughs) $80,000. But then they would look at me and I'd be like, well, look, in order to stay on track with like where we are financially and to be able to um, continue to save and fund college, I need to make $80,000 a year. And, and it was interesting. Like I got, everyone offered me that or more every single person, because, and I'm talking like five or six different offers. I mean, it was interesting because people really responded to that, but there was just a confidence in knowing like what I needed um, to move forward and where you are financially is just a key component to being able to like move forward confidently and knowing that you have that number and you're like, okay, I have a goal and now I'm working towards it. I will say that there was the caveat with you don't have to make $80,000 a year, but if you want to stay with the same lifestyle that you're living. So if you feel compelled to change that, then I'll help you work through that too. So there was that freedom of saying, it's up to you. But if you want to stay on the track where you are now, this is what you need to do. There was just such a quiet confidence that came with that for me. And then once I had 
the job and I was actually bringing in a salary, I knew exactly where it was all going. It's interesting that you think, okay, I've had this tragedy and the last thing I want to do is think about money. But honestly, when you do think about money and you put that as a priority of like how to figure it out, you realize that that is like a really, really big piece of your ability to move forward and out of that grief. And to the point of oftentimes many of us are not equipped with that knowledge and those skills to do that on our own. And so that's really the reason why I shifted from practicing law into becoming an advisor, because I saw what a gift my dad had given me by feeding me baby step by baby step, what I needed to know and understand, and then equipping me with the knowledge that I needed to then move forward. It's the heart behind the wealth edit, you know, and Lauren has a similar story with a little bit different angle because she is more of an entrepreneur and has been building businesses and understand what it feels like as a female to like try to navigate those waters. And so, you know, I think we bring a lot of not only professional experience in the financial world and the legal world, but there's a lot of life there Mm -hmm. too that we've both lived. And I know nobody wants to think about money, but this is really kind of the missing piece of the puzzle for a lot of y'all that can't quite figure out why you're stuck. Yeah, that, that makes so much sense. Emily, first off, thank you for for you know opening up and sharing a, a story like that with us. Uh, we we really appreciate getting to know you and it's essentially feeling your heart you know behind the work that you're doing. For our listeners, I would imagine that many of them listening are you know in some way moved or or intrigued by this. How can our listeners follow you or or stay in touch with you? So the best way is really Instagram at Wealth Edit on Instagram. We have stories that are going all the time. Hopefully you'll find fun and interesting, but we also have wealthedit.com. We have a new website that's coming out in a few weeks. So we're really excited about that. And then you can always email me at emily at wealthedit.com. Would love to hear from you. If you want to meet with us and just hear more, we do lots of office hour calls And we love it. It's kind of my favorite part because you get to hear so many different women's stories and like what they're going through. We're always open for that. Final question. What's your one piece of advice for women in 2021? Engage in learning about your finances. I mean, think about it in 2020, like all the uncertainty that was there for so many people with jobs and the economy and the stock market. You know, it was such an interesting walk um, for me to talk to so many women who really didn't know what their family's financial situation was. And it caused a lot of anxiety that didn't have to be there if they had just taken the time to just engage. Once again, thank you for coming on the show. Emily, it's been such a pleasure. Thank you, Benton. Make sure to like, share, and subscribe. We'll see you on the next one. Has the marketing for your business plateaued? At Harmon Brothers, we offer a free marketing audit where we can go in and identify areas where you can level up so you can get back into rapid growth. Just go to harmonbrothers.com forward slash audit and you can sign up for a free marketing audit today. Use our team's collective experience to turn your marketing weaknesses into strengths. Check it out. You won't be disappointed.